Hey, everybody. So we want to know, is anyone listening who's wondering where God is in the hard places? That's probably everybody, right? I think so. I think so, too. So today we've got Megan Adams with us, who's going to be talking about her journey, which includes chronic illness and how she found God's kindness and strength in the hard places. It's going to be awesome. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Well, good morning. I'm Christina. I'm Christiana. And we are excited to be here this morning. Quick shout out to our big sponsor, sponsor. Wooten Media. So, say that. Can we call it Wooten Media? I mean, I think that would attract Can we a change? different type of crowd. I think, yeah, okay. Wooten Media. Let's, yes. let's stick with that. So uh, our good friend Ross at, at Wooten Media makes epic wedding videos. So if you're getting married or if your daughter's getting married or if your friend's getting married and you want someone who's going to make something beautiful with very low stress, Ross is the (laughs) one you need to call. I wish I could just go back in time and have Ross do Mm -hmm. mine. Wouldn't that be lovely? We literally like met a guy at the rehearsal and said, oh, you've got a camera. Can you film our wedding? (laughs) Don't worry. Like it was such an afterthought. (laughs) But that's okay. I evidently have a wedding video that I've never seen. Oh my gosh. No, for realsies. Yeah, for realsies. I'm like, well, that sucks. Hey, it's our 12 years this summer. Maybe we should watch our wedding video. <laughs> maybe you should. Maybe that can be like, you should have like an event and put it up on the screen. First, first viewing. First viewing. That would be so funny. I bet your kids will love it. My kids love watching our wedding video. Oh, no, I really want to watch your wedding video. You guys and your cheekbones. <laughs> Cheekbones. You guys have great cheekbones. Oh, thank you. I have never received that compliment before. That is hilarious. So if you want to see Christina's cheekbones, check us out at moolily.com. Yes. (laughs) And on Facebook. Yes. So, Christina, you, Christiana, you went and saw an epic movie yesterday. I did indeed. And you have a big sticker of Captain America on the back of your iPhone. That's true. Which is so fun. Is that for your benefit or for your boys? Oh, it's all for me. That's great. I love superheroes. When I was young, I loved uh, Superman. Uh, there's something about the like the righteousness, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, in, my friend and I were talking about this that I went to see with. She's like, knowing you, you would think I'd be into like the badass, right? Or, like Wolverine kind of a type, uh-huh. and I'm totally not. Which you is like so the interesting. Clean cut, I do. Though. It's interesting. It is interesting. I like his red boots. <laughs> Let's talk about some shoes. <laughs> Christina likes his boots. So my my daughter has this dress up of Wonder Woman, and she wears these cowboy boots, and it's such a great look. I'm like, I love that you've put those boots. And we had this other little girl over, and she was like, Yeah, um, Wonder Woman wears cowboy boots, and I was like, Really? I totally pictured her in like leather, black, right. knee high boots. I don't remember. And it that. totally made me think of Superman's red boots. I'm like. They're cool. It's boots. <laughs> I could talk about boots all day long, which is funny because I usually wear really crappy shoes. But That's one funny. day when I, I love, grow up, I love boots. You have cool shoes that your husband picks out for you. Mm-hmm. That's true because I'm not very adventurous when it comes to fashion, but my husband is, and Maybe he buys me things. He goes to like TJ Maxx or something. He gets like epic, epic clearance it. sale, and he's like, "These are so cool." And I'm like, "I just, I'm, I don't think I could ever wear that." <laughs> And then I do for a date night or something just to kind of, you know, honor him. And I get all these compliments and I I feel really cool and trendy and European. And then it becomes my next favorite thing. That's funny. My husband couldn't buy clothing to save his life. He just doesn't have that skill set at all. And, And I can't either. So I take friends who are cool. So I'm like, cool friend, help me be cool. Help me be cool. Come shopping with me. So this morning we have a special guest. Very, very excited to have my good friend, Megan Adams, with us. Thank you for coming. Yeah, so happy to be here. Yeah, so Megan Adams is an artist and a missionary and a mother of three. Mm -hmm. Three of my kiddos 
bestest friends. <laughs> her and her husband Matt serve with Young Life and have worked in Europe for over 10 years. Is that right? We were there just short of seven, actually. Okay, um, but, but he's also on still the ground. Involved. Yeah, for another four. So, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Um, and so you now help lead a missional community in your home. Yes. And you facilitate an awesome new women's ministry movement called The Well. Yeah, super excited. Which about is that. really fun. Um, and you are passionate about women receiving the richness of God's kindness and strength in the place of suffering. Absolutely. Which is something that I have been blessed by in my friendship with you. Mm. And um, that's why I wanted you to come and just mm -hmm. share your heart and your journey with all of us. So, yeah. Okay, so I don't know you. <laughs> you say we. I don't actually know you. So my question to kind of kick us off is tell us a little bit about your journey with the Lord and your family of origin. Like sum, sum up. Give yeah. us the points. Who are you? Where yes. do you come from? Yes. Okay. So I grew up in a, a pretty large family um, fractured by divorce uh, multiple times over. And What's large to you? Large to me is 12 children altogether. Does that Holy feel large crap. to you? That feels, that feels large. Cool. I felt safe saying the word large. <laughs> um, yeah. So multiple marriages and lots of different half and step siblings and that kind of thing. Unfortunately, that's not where the, the brokenness ends. My, my home growing up was just truly unsafe, just a very okay. difficult environment to be. Um, Social services was a part of my childhood, okay. all that. So, yeah, that's that's where I kind of kind of came up, and um, my my act of <laughs> defiance was like reading my Bible at night and <laughs> okay, okay, so searching for God, <laughs> unchurched, yeah, unchurched. Well, so. um, I wanna I wanna clarify, oddly enough extremely churched uh-huh yeah that very that religious and, yeah. and extremely so extremely denominational actually. or um I I'd just say a pretty unhealthy um just a pretty unhealthy I, I have no idea how to describe the church okay. that I grew up in okay really legalistic that's okay. the only word I can really say okay were you a part of the same church or was that part of your moving around in different marriages and families that you kind of bounced in and out of? We were part of a, the same. Okay. So I was like in, it was only until about fourth grade, but the environment that, that I grew up in was pretty confusing. Lots of, heard a lot about, you know, the importance of being at church and going to church and the name of, of God or even Jesus was spoken. Um, but the environment that we grew up in was so opposite to that that in many ways that's what started me on my journey of trying to reconcile that of why why are these two things i'm experiencing so different from one one wow. another if that makes sense yeah mm -hmm. so yeah um being a broken kid and enduring a lot um and watching my siblings endure a lot um really put uh, i feel like the lord started to just grow in me a desire to see the kids who felt invisible mistreated uh, abandoned, um, wounded, unknown, and, and any of that stuff. It just made me have so much compassion for them. Wow. And I met my husband pretty young. We were some of those people who met when we were 16. So cute. I know. We are a little bit cute. Um, no. There's a picture in your kitchen of you and Matt. Was it like prom, prom. or something? You seriously look... So young, like twelve years old. We do, and he has his arm around you, but he's like not actually brave oh, enough timid. to put his hand oh, on timid. your it was hip. So it's like kind of just resting. And the, the hair and the hand. dress, all of it is so nineties so in cute. such an awesome way. I love it. Okay, so we met real young, and and both of us actually were going through some really really difficult things in our in our families, mm -hmm. and so um, we met uh, at church youth group. This is a different church um, in okay. the Kansas City area now. Um, and so I remember early on in our relationship, we just asked each other, what do you think about God? It was like so much of our conversation was just trying to find out who he really was and asking people that we began to trust, um, and that kind of thing, which was really great. But I found it very quickly. He had that same heart for those, for broken kids and fast forward a bunch of years. And, and that's where we ended up, you know, doing ministry for young life, which is specifically reaching out to those types of kids. 
So here's a thought. So some people, when you're growing up in that really broken home and religion's a part of it, mm-hmm. rebellion is screw this stuff. Like I'm mm-hmm. out of here, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think it's so interesting yeah. for the people. Cause I feel like I'm one of those two who went, no, I really want to know who God is. Yeah. But there's something there that's tender. Can you look at your own, like look into the past in your own heart and say, what was it where I was already, there was a tenderness and a longing to know him? Yes. Ooh, such a good question. I have had this feeling, this sense, this awareness, this understanding, it's not understanding, it's very limited understanding, that God came to me and just offered me some amount of grace or protection um, for whatever reason, which I feel like it's absolutely his grace. I just, I've had a ton of doubts about reconciling the difficult tragedies and and hardships in my life with his good character, but I haven't ever doubted if he is who he says he is. I've just never, it's just in my heart. I just believe that, you know, that was his kindness and even have a memory of being pretty young and feeling like that's almost like my conversion story is just feeling like his, his presence was really close and... Wow, so that's but, the difference between head knowledge, what you would learn in Sunday school, and real heart revelation, yes. where yeah. you were filled with the Holy Spirit, and he showed yeah. you things that you couldn't have just understood or just absolutely. read in a book. Absolutely, absolutely. So there was beautiful. a woman who, during prayer, just said she saw this picture of, <clears throat> so this is later on in my adult life, seeking healing in some of those really difficult places. I was at a women's conference a number of years ago, and, and she was praying, and she said, I just feel like I see this picture, and it's so clear I want to share it. I'm not sure if it's relevant to anyone in this room or not. And I was just listening, and um, she just described, I see this little girl. She's like three. She's on the floor playing in her bedroom, and Jesus just comes right to her, and he just starts to give her, you know, that old, like that plastic armor set that's like gray with like the little plastic handle yeah, on the shield like the and the little God helmet. Kind of deal. Exactly, and he just places it on her and smiles while she's trying all this stuff on and I don't have any there's no proof besides what I felt in my heart that I thought I just feel like that's true in my life that the Lord came to me and for me the reason I share that is because I have kids of my own now and I wonder God when I'm not with them you know will you be with them will they be protected and it's amazing to think not only for my kids who have so much of what they need and they're loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but for kids who have the opposite situation, the Lord can come to those kids and be there for them. Yeah. And that gives me some, some great hope there. Yeah, that's huge hope for many of us, for our own children, as you say, but those that we know that mm-hmm. are outside of our reach, we can't physically help them, but we can pray and know that the Lord is yeah. faithful to them. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Cool. I followed I followed that seed planted in my heart of, of I know God is who he is. I know something needs to be reconciled here. I know that there is suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeking, seeking wisdom and seeking understanding in, in some, a couple of different really amazing safe communities. We ended up uh, serving in Young Life and going internationally um, and doing that in Germany for a number of years and have since moved back um, and continued on with missions, as you were saying. But about seven, uh, for about seven years, I had this really chronic, um, undiagnosed illness that was just debilitating. It was, it was not like having a cold. It was, it was so intense. Once it would come on, um, I'd have about an hour before my body would lay itself down, like I could not stand or move. Wow. The pain was incredible. So did this start when you were in Germany? It did. It did. It started so you, when I was seven months pregnant with my second child. Oh, wow. Okay. And I, so that's scary. Because you were like, I'm pregnant. Is the baby okay? Is yes. this me? We ran to and the emergency room. And you're in a foreign room. country. And you're tr- right. trying to figure out life in that culture and the language barrier. Did you speak yes. German at this point? At that point, um, my German was okay. Because um, I'd been there for a year and a half. But it was not great. It was a very stressful Situation. I wouldn't say that I learned to really speak and communicate until solid two years of being there. So it's just before. So yeah, it was extraordinarily challenging and very scary. Thought something was wrong with the baby. Baby was fine. And I didn't know, but that set me off on this journey of going through this about, I would just call it like a, I just called it a stomach attack. I didn't know what else to say. Because um, my body would kind of crumble 
and then not be able to function, eat, sometimes even drink. Um, I could just sip water for a couple so of days. So, could you that. describe your symptoms just a little bit, sure, like sure cramps or an incredible amount of pain in my entire abdomen would just start going. That's why I had about an hour until my body would like just kind of fold and need to lay down. Oh, goodness, I would start to vomit and get sick and couldn't stop until a doctor administered something to make me stop. Um, and then I could not eat for sometimes up to a week after that. And the pain took at least four days to just stair step down. And so how, it was a lot of pain. How often would you have about like this? The closest I ever had one, I uh, was within one week and the farthest I ever went was about five weeks. So wow. in a year, if you play that out and, I was in the ER, um, the year, you know, a couple of years ago, I was in the ER, I think six times in just a few months. It's amazing. And you had little kids that you were taking care of. Little kids. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that impact your marriage and what you were doing? Yeah. How does that affect your life, your day to day? Yes. Um, I for sure said, I'm sorry, God, what is wrong? Because I'm a missionary. Like right. it shouldn't be happening to me. <laughs> illegal, illegal. You know what I'm saying? Like, not fair. What's going on? We're like giving our life away. You know? Right. Right. Um, yeah, I just say immensely challenging. Yeah. I would say the simplest way I can say it is stripped. Everything was stripped away um, that maybe I could lean on or grab hold to for security, except for just. Christ like yeah but how did your dialogue change with God it changed it changed I would say got a lot more streamlined yeah, yeah. simple straightforward um for a good long while it was like I was persistently knocking on that door mm-hmm. and asking him for relief I mean I said undiagnosed, and that was one of the scariest parts. Every yeah. time we went and oh, got yeah. treatment, the doctor said, I'm sorry, we don't know what's wrong with you. You'll have to go home. We, do, we don't know. That's so frustrating. So I know that God knows. Yeah. So for me, seven years saying, God, you know, uh-huh. reve- at least reveal it to a doctor. Like, help me, give me relief. The dialogue became streamlined, and then it became very quiet. There was actually uh-huh. a period where I just needed my husband and one really, really good girlfriend to pray on my behalf. Cause I sure. said, and it wasn't because I had this grudge, like I'm not speaking to you anymore. I mean, I was angry if I'm being honest, right. I was angry, but it was like, I don't have any more words. Yeah, absolutely. The Lord knows I've said all this yeah. and now I'm just going to wait. And it was just very hard. It was so hard. It was so hard. So bitterness. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. are, as these things are happening, mm-hmm. how are you holding your heart? How are you managing? You, you hit that play, place of just, broken. I have no more words. I have nothing left Mm -hmm. to say, Mm -hmm. you know, but in terms of being near to him, is there a wall of bitterness or is it just, I still believe you're good. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why this is happening and I'm just waiting. What happened in your heart during that time? I would say an immense amount of mercy from the Lord. I went through periods where I was afraid to be honest with God about Mm -hmm. how angry I was and how I was feeling. Right. So I wasn't praying which that's silly. I mean, haven't we all done that? I mean, yeah. at least I'm, I'm saying I have. Yeah. Um, and I got to a point where I couldn't anymore. And like, I remember this one night I cried out in prayer. Like it was like the most honest prayer I've ever prayed. And there was nothing pretty about it. It was so raw, but I felt after that prayer, I felt like pure mercy from the Lord. Like there was, I just felt like there's no judgment on that prayer. That is, it's actually precious to him. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a verse that says he, he captures our tears yeah. in jars. Yeah. Like the amount of compassion, how much he cared. I started to realize I was accidentally viewing him like distant or aloof. Right. I mean, I had grown up in a home where I was trying to seek him and, and cry out to him eventually and, and endured a lot of stuff. Um, and I was just starting to learn that, he is not distant and aloof. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't die for someone and then not care when they bleed, when right. they hurt. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that, you can't have both of those things. Yeah. Um, and so I started to just internalize, okay, this is happening. God is good. This, 
this, this matters to God as much as I can't understand. It was almost like coming to a place to answer your question of surrender is the best word I can say because I couldn't understand. Yeah. I couldn't, there was no, if I understand this, if I pray this way, if uh-huh. I fast, yep, yep, if yep. I can figure out where I'm not like repenting, if yeah. I can, there was yep. no control. It was, can I lay down at the foot of Jesus and say, I, I love you. You're God, yeah. you know? And that, I mean, I'll get emotional just saying that a lot yeah. because it was, it was like such an immense um, process in my life being able to truly say that. Yeah. But um, I guess what redeemed it is I started to learn through his grace and his mercy and, and through his word how much he actually cares um, about the things that do hurt us mm-hmm. and how sometimes our own response and the response we've learned from other people I'm going to say all the time is never a true reflection of like the way that Jesus sees us in those places. So true. So I guess for me, I developed these, like one thing I developed was like these really short little one sentence prayers because I just didn't have a long conversation every time. I didn't have it in me to sit and journal for an hour. I'd I'd already said all of these things. So (laughs) I developed these short prayers and one of them was even now, even in this, you are good. And I would just say it and I would say it when I did not want to say it. Yep. Um, and I would say it when I had nothing else to say and, uh, you know, we're speaking about the illness. Um, but as you can imagine being in a foreign country and, and, uh, having babies over there and, and being alone just as our nuclear little family over there, we endured a lot of challenges actually. So, um, it just, what? well, one it. of, one of them was, um, just what it's like to leave your community behind and, and begin a family mm-hmm. in a, in a somewhat isolated place where you don't speak the language. So in a way, looking back on it now, I did not see this at the time. In a way, it almost seems like the Lord had this really fertile ground, um, prepared this really fertile ground for me to start fleshing out where he really was in those hard places. Yeah. Because that's what could truly redeem and heal that's right. me in a really deep place from my childhood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So in, in a really weird way, I would never say, Lord, thank you for my struggles. Like no. this is not uh, what I'm would preaching. Ever, a crazy person. Yes. That's who would. Or someone in <laughs> denial or someone who's feeling yeah. pressure from their church yeah. to say that's that. That's right. Religiousness. Yeah. You don't have to say that. Yeah. I just feel like I had to say this is where I am. And this is what I'm facing. Yeah. I'm, I believe this is who you are. Yeah. Come, do what you will. You know, like, have your way. Um, and I, again, I just really would come back to saying there was a grace over my life to hold on to him in those places. That's what yeah. I would say. Perspective and encounter. Like, I think when our perspective starts to shift of who he is and that he has tenderness mm-hmm. for us in our place of pain and weakness and that he still wants to be near to us, mm-hmm. something changes inside of us mm. and our ability to receive what he has to offer. Mm-hmm. I, I found that true in my own life, yeah. at least. Absolutely. Yeah. So there is a happy ending mm-hmm. to at least this part of your oh, story, absolutely. Um, which we'd love to hear about. But maybe before you share with us that kind of healing journey, mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, you came and helped me out. My husband was overseas and my <laughs> house was a mess. And you came and like literally helped me like scrub the kitchen floor and vacuum and dust and all the yeah, jobs girl. that I hate to do and never ever get done and so I was just so blessed you. by your friendship <laughs> in that but as we were like hanging out just doing cleaning right. um, you shared with me this incredible picture of the amphorae mm-hmm. which is what uh, is referred to in first corinthians 4 7 um, that phrase jars of clay yes the apostle paul was talking about a very specific Mm-hmm. tool like we would refer to Tupperware mm-hmm. everybody in his audience knew exactly what he was talking about yes. could you explain your research and just the yes I mean it was such profound revelation to me this yeah. whole framework yes so during that season of being ill um, coming up against some real challenges in the foreign country and also dealing with some continuing issues in our both of our families of origin um, the Lord it's like I still can't tell you where I ran into this 
word, I think my best guess is what I, is something that I love to do is I'll read scripture. And if there's something I don't understand or I wish I understood just a little bit more, I love to look at the original language um, and just go a little bit deeper and study with words and, and see if it can speak to me in a new way. And um, I'm pretty sure, because it's been a number of years, that that's looking up, like, why that metaphor? Why are we like jars of clay? I mean, is it just the clay part? Is it just the, like, what is it specifically referring to? Why is that so relevant? Um, and what I found was these jars, um, a, singular, a singular jar is called an amphora, and a, with a P-H, A-M-P-H-O-R-A, and then plural, it's amphorae. And it's so interesting because I found that word and I could not stop digging for like a couple of days. I read a bunch of like articles online, like historical stuff way above my intelligence. <laughs> like this is not normal things that people just like, this is at least for me, this is not yes, a normal no, thing that I just either. sit I around it. and read about. And I'm reading about it. I do that. It's okay. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to do. I love it's that about you. Nerdy. I don't even know I, you. <laughs> So it was like this thirst for, I, I want to understand. I want to understand everything about these that I can because I feel like there's something here and it's absolutely something from the Lord for me. Um, and I believe now some something for us. I mean, there it is right there in the Bible. Um, and so what I found um, was that they were like a large two-handled jar with like, if you can imagine like a skinny neck at the top, a somewhat short skinny neck with two two handles. And then it opens up to this kind of rounded oval base and gets kind of, it's elongated and elongated oval. Um, and they could stand like, I mean, anywhere from a couple of feet to like four, four feet tall. And what they were, were these very crudely made, just out of clay um, jars uh, that, Greeks would, and actually Romans too, would would use for transporting and carrying some of their valuables like olive oil or wine. Um, yeah, their commodities, all that kind of stuff. Which in many ways, I mean, their civilization was like propped up on, on being able to yes. ship these and sell them and, and do business and trade and all this stuff. So here these jars are, like at the center of this little picture, and... Um, there were fancier versions made to like display in people's homes, but that's not the one that's referred to in this verse. This one is the very quickly, crudely okay. made out of clay. Its purpose was to um, carry something and not, it doesn't have to look fancy, didn't have to look perfect, but mm -hmm. it needed to be able to, to, to bear something. And then it would be put in the hull of a ship with a bunch of other ones and shipped on a journey. Um, and if you're starting to get that this became a metaphor for me, I mean, it's like, yeah, no control over necessarily like where the journey would take them. Um, I believe we're like that. We, we uh, are these imperfect, broken beings um, made to carry what's been given to us on a journey. And an interesting part about these amphorae is that when they would reach their destination, there's actually a mountain called Monte Testaccio, if I'm pronouncing that right, which means mountain of shards. Yes. And they would be tossed onto this mountain and all the shards have, there's so many that there's a mountain there and now like green stuff is like growing through it and it's lush and beautiful. I mean, it's such a beautiful picture. What was encouraging to me about that specifically, where I started to relate, um, is that I felt like there were things that I had to bear and I'm sure I will have to bear um, in my life. And um, to bear them with purpose on a journey and to just the fact that what was truly valuable about yeah. those jars was what was inside. inside. Yeah. You know, that the other, the shell at the end is cast off and, and only what was within remains. Yeah. Um, the fact that they were imperfect is so, is so encouraging to me. I am a broken person. I don't just have like a broken childhood. I'm. Yeah. I have broken places in my life, you know, um, that the Lord is constantly redeeming. And I believe he will continue doing that as long as I'm alive. But um, I wanted to share really quick the actual meaning of the name amphorae. Mm -hmm. So it comes from two, two Latin words, amphi, meaning um, on both sides, which for the jar refers to the handles. But for us, I just feel like we are both spiritual um, and physical. So it means on both sides. And then phorius means bearer 
or carrier. I just love that. Just feel like, can I be a bearer, you know, and, and, and be humble enough to say, I don't decide what I bear, but no one can take away my faith. No one can take away yeah. what I've decided. Um, and what I believe in my heart is true about God. Um, and can I serve him in my life in that way, in some way? Um, yeah. It's a so really that, beautiful picture. Yeah. So yeah. what would happen to the content, like the olive oil or whatever that was in the jar when it reached its destination? Mm-hmm. It would, um, to keep going with the metaphor, it would just bless other people. You know, it would, it came, it had an origin, right? Let's just say olive oil had an origin. It's filled, this jar is filled with it crosses the ocean and it's poured out. It's used for healing. It's used for food, you know, cooking. It's used for storing. It's used for all these things and it it has this beautiful purpose. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really important part of, of my story for me in particular. And I really am starting to believe it's so crucial for anyone who's trying to really heal from like a broken spot in their life that they think, is this possible that this could ever really heal? I mean, really heal. Or do I have to just learn how to limp the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. I, absolutely believe that as we turn around and offer our brokenness as almost like a blessing to others, the things that we have learned, the things that we've gleaned, the things that God has maybe spoken over us. I mean, I personally feel a little bit more healed every time I do that. Yeah. So one time in prayer, I was just asking the Lord about kind of this sort of idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had this picture of like, a bag of heavy, heavy stones on my back and I like kind of moved my shoulder and dropped it down to the front of me. And as I did that, it just turned into this basket full of bread Wow! and I just immediately began to pass it out. And I just think to tie in with this metaphor, I think what Jesus is really asking, it's an invitation to, can we allow him to touch those places? Mm -hmm. Like, will we lift our hands off of our hurt places so that he can have access to them? Yeah. Can we have faith, maybe lean on what he's done in my life, lean on what he's done in others that you know. Can you say, I haven't seen that yet in my life, but can I lean on that and invite Jesus in any way? And then are you willing to take the very thing that the devil said, I will ruin you with this and Mm -hmm. say, this is now a weapon in the kingdom of God. I will bring encouragement to someone who has been sick for a long time and say, you know, God can heal you. I didn't really explain the end of that healing story, but God absolutely healed me in a hospital room. Um, He absolutely used doctors and used the surgery. They had said, "Um, there's nothing we can do for you. I'm so sorry. This is one more time you'll leave without answers. And I said, I was crying, and this word, appendicitis of all things, came into my mind very, very clearly. And I had this moment of doubt like, that obviously is not anything. Like, that can't yeah. be anything. And then I had the second moment of faith and says, say it anyway. Just say it. Yeah. And so I said, can you just check me for this? And she said, there's not a chance in the universe that's what you have. You couldn't have gone this long, seven years. That's not possible to have that for that long, so I'm sorry. And so she left the room and we prayed. Well, she came back about an hour later, acting very, very agitated, and said, look, I'll just give you the test. You know, like really kind of frustrated. Yes. And we hadn't left the room. We didn't like berate the nurses or anything. Yeah. And um, sure enough, they, they see my appendix and they realize I have chronic appendicitis, which is extremely rare. And my appendix at that moment was so bad it was about to burst. Wow. And my immune system had been wrecked for so long. I can fairly confidently say I just, I don't think I would have come back from something like that. Yeah. So what I'm saying is the Lord spoke that word to me. And I've had to wrestle, hey, hey, God, why not like six weeks, six months? Yeah. Did it need to be seven years for, you know, that, that's a question. It's a, it's a, it's a burdening question. So where me. have you landed with where that? Where I have landed. Like why the heck was yes. it seven years? And I, can I just be honest and say I didn't celebrate for a full year? Well, I believe you. I feel a little bad about that, no. but I was healed my physical, like my face looked different. My husband walked in after yeah. surgery and said, you look new. Yeah. Like it was crazy. All the medicine I'd been taking. Girl, done. I believe you. I believe you. you know, all that stuff. Couldn't celebrate for a year. Yeah. Once we hit a year, I just bawled. 
for so yeah. long. It was like I was just not feeling anything for a full year. So were you holding out hope? Like, is this oh, for yes. real? I was doubt. I was like, I had heard so many times. Oh, guess what? We found out. It's this weird thing. Take this medicine. Take this supplement. And Change your diet. Good. You need to do paleo. It was all and this you'd stuff. you try it and nothing would And happen. I would try it wholeheartedly and disciplined and it would fail. And it would actually make my health worse. So, so yeah. I had multiple infections and issues with thyroid and hormones that developed as as a result of the care I was getting. My goodness. So I held out for a year and my husband said, you have permission. You just take as long as you need. He said, but just so you know, I am celebrating right now. Like he was so happy and and he gave me, graciously just gave me space and didn't, you know, no shaming, no, you know, come on, like have faith. Just believe that. I just want to say, if you are sick, the Lord can heal you. Even if a doctor says you can't be healed, even if in your heart, for me, even the physical illness was, uh, illness was almost like, if, if you can understand this, almost secondary. Do you right. see what I'm saying? To your like, emotional turmoil. Exactly. Or my I, story. I have a similar story, different thing, but huh. a healing that the Lord did. Yeah. And it was two years. And I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. But yeah. the, the physical healing was totally secondary yeah. to what he did in me internally because of the experience that I went through. Yes. I feel you, man. Yes. So I feel like this is going to sound strange. I I will always say I will never, never push anyone to say thank you, Lord, for my suffering. But in hindsight, which is so valuable, um, when I look back and see how that illness stripped away, the external things were stripped away. My community, things I leaned on, all this kind of stuff. Um, My husband was an actual just genuine hero by the way, for all those years, unbelievable support. I I can't remember him one time complaining. Like I would just be out of commission with three little kids, call him in the middle of the day. Hey honey, you just have to come home right now. Like I'm already on the kitchen floor. Can't move. Just whatever you're doing, you got to stop, you got to come home and it's going to be a mess for a few days. You know, and it's just like, was such a, such an advocate um, and such a servant to me during that time. But I will say, with all the external things that were a challenge with, with growing up and with, with taking on challenges of being in a foreign place and, and still trying to heal from stuff, I still had things inside I was pulling from um, and places in my heart that I didn't realize I still felt like I got to just take care of myself. Yeah, I'm not sure I can trust the Lord. And I fought and kicked and screamed against that illness like a little baby. And if you've ever done that, please don't feel shame. Mm-hmm. Like the Lord can handle our honesty. And I think it's one of the most precious things for him to receive from us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would just say, interestingly enough, huge physical healing that completely changed my life and gave me back to my kids and my husband was secondary. Wow. I mean, the Lord is so good because there's so many things he taught me that I've just been unpacking still. Uh Uh-huh that have taught me just to surrender. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never thought I could ever do a trust fall and someone would actually catch me. Right. I've never had that feeling in my life. And I say that apart from in my marriage mm-hmm. and I'd have a wonderful husband, but, um, it's like, I've seen Jesus with me in a close intimate way mm-hmm. in the darkest places. Um, and it wasn't me who muscled my way through and any of it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and, and the confidence that, that gives me to surrender some other places. Preach it. You know, is really, that is from the Lord. Yeah. And that's not just for me. I'm 100% confident that the things the Lord speaks to us that are genu- genuinely from him, they are from all, of, they are to all of us. I mean, if there's oh yeah, people that are listening that are wondering if a physical healing could ever really happen in their life or if an emotional healing yeah. could ever truly happen. I just want to say um, in like a celebratory praise God moment that just this past Mother's Day, um, I met with my mom leading up to Mother's Day and and felt truly for the first time in my life like I just wanted to forgive her fully. Wow. Which is just from the Lord. Yeah, it is. And there's just like this garden that he has been tending that's yep. had a lot of struggle yeah. and a lot of pain but here's the, the crazy thing is the place that I used to be where I would say, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't forgive. Mm-hmm. In fact, I choose not to. And I know that's wrong. And yep. I hope God will change that about my heart, but I just can't. 
that was a place of scarcity and fear of saying, if I give this up, I don't have anything else to keep me safe. Oh, you just nailed everything (laughs) right there. I nailed it all. (laughs) Oh, but, but it was Jesus saying to me, look where you've been with me. Your life is surrendered over to me. I have not failed you. Yeah. Actually, if you offer her this gift of forgiveness that I'm going to give you to give her, first of all, you don't have to conjure it. Right. Yeah. If you will give that to her, your heart is free. Yeah. Your heart's mine. Your heart is free. The burden of, but will I be safe? But do I need that as uh-huh. like insurance uh-huh. in this relationship or anything like that? Yep. The Lord, I sat my mom down. I said, this is really just a short conversation. I just, I really just wanted to tell you, I want to forgive you from the bottom of my heart and, and release you. Um, and I'm confident that the Lord is going to do some amazing things yeah. still. I just... But how did that feel for you it to say those words? It was incredible to say that and to realize I wasn't faking it. Yeah, to feel it. I mean, I really, I always, this is going to sound terrible, but I used to imagine my mom's funeral and feel shame that mm. I wouldn't cry. Yeah. What am I going to do when yeah. I'm, when I can't, when I'm not sad? That sounds horrible. I'm just oh, being so I, real right now. I'm vibing. There's so much pain that I thought, yeah. how am I going to, th- that would be a terrible thing for a daughter to not feel, what am I going to do about this? And now when I look at her, I have this compassion. Mm -hmm. I have taken a little bit of time to see where she came from. Yeah. Story that she grew up in. And I have all of a sudden it has hit me the gift of Jesus that I have in my life that she did not have. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my goodness. What if I didn't have that? It's so amazing. I mean, that is good news. We talk about the gospel being good news. Yeah. And if if that level of freedom in your heart and that that perspective is just so incredible. I mean, that is just what you said, the gift of having Jesus in your life. Mm. That was the difference between what you walked through in your childhood as painful and broken as it was mm-hmm. compared to those that don't have that mm-hmm. is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And what I what I love about this picture with the amphorae is that the thing that you're carrying, the thing that you walked through, that the Lord deposited in you mm-hmm. through the difficulty and through the suffering, when it reached its destination, was poured out, that it mm-hmm. was for others yes um it's so beautiful it's so it's so freeing because so often at least for me we put ourselves at the center too much you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying we we say it's my fault that things happen to me or it's my fault that things aren't happening to me or um you just feel like i felt this burden and responsibility i haven't forgiven my mom yet or just whatever it was and it's like what if you've just been created to to carry and bear Mm -hmm. not only the the relationships you have in your life and the suffering that comes along with that but the the identity that God is freely giving to us. Like, right. We have this amazing capacity to be both broken and blessed mm-hmm. because of Christ. And, and wasn't he just totally broken on that cross for us? I mean, there's what a, yeah. what a brutal moment. And mm-hmm. it blesses me to know what if I don't have to create and and forge as much as I have to surrender. And let me tell you, that's harder. It is. <laughs> that is way harder. <laughs> I think I've already said it on every podcast. <laughs> surrender is my hardest. And the process I've gone through with the oh Lord to goodness. do that, it's way harder than all the other. Exactly. Yes. Which is yes. Way harder. And ultimately, if we can stand naked in terms of our heart and our soul and our soul, if we can stand naked in front of our king. Yeah and not be afraid or ashamed, what does that say about the good king that we have? That's right. And then almost like in Eden, when they go and they grab leaves and they cover themselves. Yeah. It's like, that's the moment where it broke. Right. And, uh-huh. and it was like, Oh, surely God's not going to forgive. Surely I'm not right. good. Surely I need to earn. Surely right. I need to cover over. Right. And it's like, what if we could look at our own lives and our own hearts and say, where where can I find that surrender with Jesus again that sets me free? Mm-hmm. Not the surrender that I earn and right. work for, but what? Right. where can surrender set me free? Just free. Yeah. That is so powerful, Megan. Thank you for sharing that 
journey and just the things that the Lord has done. What advice would you give to anyone that might be listening to this that is sick and tired, whether it's physical sickness Mm -hmm. or just ongoing struggle then they're they're losing hope in the midst of the battle what yeah what takeaway would you give from your story I would say um I think there's two things often at least in my experience two ways that we respond to suffering and brokenness and that's either fear or shame I just feel I mean I just kind of talked about it like Eden it's both they hid and they covered themselves yes Uh (laughs) fear and shame boom um that becomes a prison And I think it starts slowly and it starts to entangle more and more areas of your life. And I'm just, my advice, if I was just sitting with a friend and saying, look, I've just told you what the Lord has done for me. Here's what I want to say to you. What I would say is what fear and shame do so often is um, it's, it's almost like a curse versus a blessing. And so it burdens us and imprisons us. I mean, a lot of times when people are suffering with something it, it, it isolates them. For me, a physical illness naturally just isolated me away from people. I right. could not be get with people, right? So mm-hmm. that's just like a very practical way of thinking about that. But there are other types of brokenness and pain on the inside that people aren't aware of that, that are so isolating. So what I would say is I just want to – I would want to tell whoever's listening that your brokenness is allowed in the throne room of the yeah. kingdom. That it's actually exactly what Jesus died for. That just remember that when people were screaming, crucify him, he said, forgive them. They don't know. They don't know what they're doing. Glaring brokenness, mm-hmm. which we so often are like, oh, that can't be. We, I have to tuck that away before I go to church. I have to tuck that away before I have this conversation. Right. I have to tuck that away in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Fear and shame are something that the devil, I believe, pushes on us as almost like this is this is the way you deal. And it's actually leads to imprisonment. So is there one person, and I don't mean a random person off the streets, I mean is there someone that you trust? You trust right. their relationship with the Lord that you can just gently begin to unfold and yeah. let them see where you are. Mm-hmm. There is so much healing in being seen where you are. And just like that night where I scream and cuss cried and prayed out yes. to the Lord uh-huh. and then was literally afraid like all evening like something was bad was going to happen which just tells you how uh-huh. broken my understanding was mm-hmm. the Lord had mercy for me waiting it's like there was a cup of water in front of me he was waiting for me to drink and I I had never tasted it because I didn't feel like I'd earned it so say no to fear and shame does that so good yeah. Yeah. He's so gentle the way he approaches us. And I feel like the more people I talk to who've been through intense, intense things, he's so gentle the way that he approaches us every single time. It's just not yeah. what we're expecting. And yeah. we will cry, cuss, scream, or just cuss, or just, you know, we, or be silent, or just be silent, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And that, oh, f- that fear of, oh, no, what's going to happen? And he's yeah. just there. He's yeah. just right there with us. Yeah. So present and so gentle, just waiting yes. for that moment. It's so powerful. And I think there's so much in our culture that isolates us and that says you have to do this on your own and that it's all about you. Yeah. And I mean, twofold, it's not all about you in that mm-hmm. when you receive a gift from the Lord or a blessing from the Lord or a healing that you just keep it for yourself, but you share it. But it's also not about you in the sense that... Um, just you and Jesus are going to figure this out mm-hmm. and you're going to be okay. Right. All you need to do is spend more time in prayer. It's That's right. Um, obviously, it is Jesus is the source of all strength and grace, but he has invited us to do this in the context of community and yes, in a so safe good. place. So, so good. Awesome. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Love what you're doing. Thank you. And you have a blog. Do you I want do. to tell us about that if people want to read more? I do. It's, um, it's just uh, mynameganadams.com. I've just, um, yeah, I'll spell it since there's about 14 ways to spell Megan. <laughs> um, it just has an H. That's the one weird thing about it. It's M-E-G-H-A-N-A-D-A-M-S. Yes, yes. It's, the, it's, the, it's Scottish. Oh, okay. really? Yes. So meganadams.com, Megan with an H. Um, and really what it is is I'm... I'm just going to start blogging about um, 
what the Lord has really taught me in some of these really hard places, mm -hmm. um, the things, the images and the, and the verses that he's used. Um, so the stuff really truly doesn't come from me. Um, it, it involves obviously my story and it's from yeah. my perspective, but I'm really focusing on what verses and what images from the Lord in prayer and, and things like that just got me through mm -hmm. just so that if there's somebody out there that's going through something that feels like this is too much to do alone. Yeah. And can I just go somewhere and, mm -hmm. and, and get some been there. hope for the journey? Yeah. Really, that's what it's about. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. So just in wrapping up, we didn't receive a question this week. No. But we have a question for you. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put it on you guys. That's right. So Flip that bad boy around. I was having dinner with a friend of mine. And she has a really busy life. She's a school teacher. She's finishing her master's degree in education administration. So she's oh going to be a principal, yeah. which is so cool. She's Good so the perfect person to be a school principal. Anyway, she started some time ago um, trying to get fit. She got yeah. a gym membership. But she's like, I'm going to do this for real this does time. Does she wear active wear? She does wear <laughs> active wear. Active <laughs> <laughs> you have to look up this really funny video on YouTube. Active wear. Australian sarcasm is a beautiful gift to the world. It is. Um, I think so. That's my personal Anyway, opinion. so she gets up early every weekday and goes to the gym. Mm. And her, her goal was 100 days at the gym. Okay. So she would post on Facebook, I went to the gym today. Or she'd say, I just woke up with a crazy headache and I didn't do it. So either way, she was accountable and she would either receive encouragement like, way to go, you're winning at life. So that's the positive side of social right, media. Right? Right. <laughs> or she would receive the accountability like, totally get it, your body knows what you need. Um, I would have been like, you suck. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I am going to do this. I have to figure out what I'm going to do. Are you? Yes, because... Mm. It's a year since I've had a baby, and mm -hmm. I still have that kind of baby flab happening. Well, it's permanent. Um, we just have to. Well, I'm no, rejecting I that. I, I reject your reality. <laughs> so I would like you to go to Facebook and tell us what you are going to do this summer mm -hmm. to just stay healthy, to keep in shape. It might be I'm going to deliberately go to the park twice a week with my kids and just run around with my kids, or it might be I'm going to sign up to do a class or okay. join the gym or whatever we're not going to spank you if you don't do it but mm. I think it might be helpful for you yeah um, I'm wanting to grow in this area okay physical exercise thank you for your honesty is not something that I find terribly motivating your husband's a ballerina what, yes, couldn't you? He would love it that you just said that <laughs> on the air. I've been literally <laughs> waiting this entire podcast for an appropriate moment. I'm yes. not going to lie. So, James, when they go on vacation, they do like these adventure, mountain biking, you know, like kayaking. Every day they get up early and they I stay out it. late. And I'm like, this is not a vacation. Yeah. So I've had to, that's been a bit okay. of a cultural okay. clash, a bit of a marriage <laughs> issue that we're still working through. <laughs> So, yes, my husband is much more motivated in that direction, and I would like okay. to grow in that area. Okay. So, this is my question for you. What are you going to do this summer, 2016, to stay healthy? Tell us about it. Yes, we and we know. will see you in a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks? Yes. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.